Life as a cancer mom is very overwhelming and oftentimes feels very lonely, like you're all alone and nobody understands what you're going through. But I want you to know that I am here and I do. My name is Laura and I am going to share with you my journey while helping you try to navigate yours. I also want to offer you support and love, resources, and also facts that you can share with family and friends around you. I hope at the end of this you understand that you are never alone. Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of From the Mouth of a Cancer Mom. My name is Laura Stoner and I am your host, hostess, I guess. <laughs> um, and if you haven't inferred from the name of the podcast, I am indeed a cancer mom. Uh, this is definitely not a journey that I have expected to be on and nor do I wish for it to anybody to be on this journey. But if you are, I want you to know that I am here. This podcast is for you. Um, and if there's something you feel like you need to get out of it, please let me know because I will be glad to do an episode on it. Um, but this episode is going to kind of be a little bit about me, a little bit about my family, uh, about our cancer warrior and how our journey started. Um, and by all means, if you have questions, please pop them in some comments. I I will answer questions as I, I can. I may even do a podcast on your question. You never know. Um, <laughs> but um, I met my husband, Chance, uh, when we were in junior high. We were 11 years old. Um, and life took us apart from each other and we reconnected back in 2014 and we got married um crazily a few months later on September 25th of 2016 or 2015 sorry September 26th of 2015 and uh not long after that we had our first daughter her name is Gwendolyn and she had just turned six years old and uh, 17 months after that, we welcomed our daughter, Everly, who is four years old. And then two years later, we welcomed our daughter, Veronica, who just turned two. Um, we live in the middle of a cornfield in Illinois. <laughs> um, we have three cats named Oscar, Rose, and Binks. And we have a dog named Sally. Um, and... Two of those animals actually play a very big role in this journey that we're on right now, and we will definitely get to that um, at a later time, but that is what my family unit is made up of um, inside of our home. We also have a support system outside of it, um, including my parents, siblings, my husband's siblings, uh, my grandparents, and lots of friends who have been there for us through this whole thing. And I know that a lot of people don't have that, which is why I wanted this podcast to happen. This, I, I want you to know you're not alone because um, that's something I felt very strongly for a very long time. But uh, we started this journey of going through a childhood cancer diagnosis um, on August 16th of 2020. Um, obviously that's the middle of the pandemic. Everything's on lockdown. We're not allowed to go anywhere. We're stuck at home. Uh, my husband was an essential worker at the time and I was a stay at home mom. So, 
Uh, my husband went to work and I stayed home with the kids. I was also a very tired mom. My youngest was only three months old. And for about three months, our daughter, Everly, who is our four-year-old now, she was two at the time, just a couple months away from her third birthday, uh, was having cold cold and flu-like symptoms off and on, fevers off and on, rashes off and on. Uh, there was a day that she jumped off the couch and screamed and cried and said her knee hurt and it terrified me, but then she got up 20 minutes later and was fine. And I chalked it up to being two years old and jumping off of things and overreacting, which I think most parents would. It wasn't until about a week later where she had a fever and she wouldn't wake up and the Tylenol wouldn't touch it, the ibuprofen wouldn't touch it, and I took her to the ER. Um, I'm sorry if I get emotional. This is, this is a very emotional topic. I want you to know that I will probably be very emotional through some of these. Um, because as you know, going through this journey, emotions are very strong and emotions run rampant, especially when you relive what happened. Um, but I took her to the emergency room because two weeks before she started um, before things got worse, because we had had her tested for COVID off and on, I think it was like four or five times before we finally took her to the ER. Uh, but two weeks before all of this, I had started working at a daycare. And of course it was a Sunday. Only thing open around us was an emergency room. I needed to know she had something that I couldn't go to work for the next day. Um, me being me, <laughs> don't do this. I, I highly recommend for you not to do this. I got very lucky in this circumstance that for me, this is a long shot. I Googled her symptoms. Something in the back of my head told me to feel around her throat and her lymph nodes were so swollen. They were the size of those like small, I guess they would be considered large red grapes. But in the back of my head, something was telling me to feel them and I felt them and I googled her symptoms and I was in denial obviously who would not be in denial that the first thing that pops up on google for a consistent fever swollen nose and fatigue in a child is cancer the first thought in my head was not my baby that would never be us how very wrong I was. Um, I took her to the emergency room. She was very lethargic. She let them give her an IV without even moving, and she's never had a needle shoved in her at all, except for when they did the heel prick when she was a baby. And the doctor that came in happened to be my husband's um, primary physician. And that man looked at her just looked at her. He didn't touch her. He didn't listen to her. Nothing. He asked me why I brought her in. And I said, she's had a fever. She's been sleeping all day. It won't go away. And I felt her lymph nodes and they're swollen. He immediately ordered blood work and fluids. And within the hour of that blood work, like that whole time frame of the blood work coming back, I don't know if he made a phone call ahead of time because he just knew but he, I had stepped out to go to the bathroom. I come back, the blood works back, and he told me she's very, very sick. She has a blood disease. 
I'm guessing it's because of legalities. He couldn't just flat out say it to me because that hospital doesn't deal with cancer. And within a half hour after being told that, my baby was on a helicopter um, to go to the Children's Hospital of Illinois, where a few hours later, my husband and I were sat down and told that our daughter had leukemia. And I was in complete and utter shock. That's, that's not something I ever thought in a million years I would ever hear come out of the mouth of a doctor, especially about my child. Um, and everyone's reaction to that is very different. I was given two options at that point. Stay here, do traditional treatment, which is very harsh. Or take her down to Memphis, Tennessee and go to St. Jude. Where there is a trial going on to try to lessen the side effects of chemotherapy in children. And just so you are aware, this is not sponsored by St. Jude in any way, shape, or form. That is just where my daughter has been treated. Um, and I didn't, I was in shock until I had to start making phone calls. My oldest two children, or my oldest and my youngest, who was exclusively breastfed at the time, were at my dad and my stepmom's house. Luckily, my dad and my stepmom lived 20 minutes away from the Children's Hospital of Illinois. Um, my mother met my dad to drop them off um, to them because she had to work the next day and she couldn't watch them. I didn't think that we would be staying, but we would be staying. So when, and I wasn't allowed to go on the helicopter with Everly because of COVID. So she rode in a helicopter alone while I ran home and packed clothes and grabbed my husband and my mom put my kids in my mom's car so she could take them to my dad. And my husband and I drove an hour away. Me praying the whole way that she's not scared, that she's not afraid, that I don't get a speeding ticket. Um, praying to God that that Google search was wrong. And I cried the whole way there. But the second that I was told that my baby had cancer, I shut down. My body went into survival mode. And I can almost guarantee you I'm still in survival mode today because we are still in the middle of treatment. We still have at least a year left at a minimum until we're done. I have screamed at my pillow. I have cried silent tears, but I've never fully broken down yet. And I know it's coming. But I didn't break down when I was told. I shut down. And that's something that we're going to talk about in a later episode too. Um, because what most people don't realize when you 
get a cancer diagnosis for your kid, your brain is going through trauma. That is a traumatic event. You actually just had damage caused to your brain by trying to process that. Um, and I don't think anybody outside of people who have been through horrible situations or have been told those words to them, their face would understand that. And I want you to know that you're not alone in that. I, I, I understand that feeling. Whether you broke down, whether you did what I did and immediately shut down and you were like, okay, this is what we have to do. You're not alone in that. I want you to know, I want you to understand that. I want you to know that you are not alone. That I understand you. I hear you. And I am, I, I am hugging you and holding you from the distance. Because in that moment, that's what I needed. Yes, my husband was there and yes, my husband was holding my hand, but my husband has been through a very, very traumatic childhood. He's had a very traumatic life. His response to that situation was a lot different than my own. He broke down. He lost his mother at a young age. He couldn't, he, he couldn't imagine losing his daughter and it wasn't it wasn't until we had to call our family members to let them know what was going on especially my dad and my stepmom because they were going to have to help my husband with my baby they were going to have to help him go through transitioning my baby from being exclusively breastfed never taking a bottle in her life to drinking what I had in the freezer until it was gone to formula. It wasn't until I made those phone calls and heard other people crying that I cried a little bit. But after that, I went into survival mode. Um, it took two days to get everything situated, but because of it being leukemia. Leukemia is a blood cancer, um, and it works very quick, very, very fast if left untreated. Um, we didn't have a lot of time. Our doctor here was trying to get us flown on an airplane or a helicopter, but because they'd had pumped her up on so many platelets and blood while we were waiting, um, they said she wasn't sick enough to go by plane. So we had a seven and a half hour ambulance ride. Um, which she slept most of the time or watched her tablet. And I just made lists. That's one of my coping mechanisms is I make lists because lists make me feel like everything is right in the world. But I, I, I kind of went emotionally numb for a while. And I want you to know that that's okay. I want you to know that if that's what you're feeling right this second, that's okay. 
you're focusing on your child's survival. You're focusing on your child's fight. But I want you to know that you're fighting too. And I want you to know that you're not alone. And I might say that over and over and over again. That's because I want you to know that you are not alone. Um, but we got down to Memphis. It was very, very late. It was like midnight on the 18th. The 19th was spent talking to doctors, going through the protocol. Um, And for those of you that don't know what a protocol is, a protocol is the printout. And it is a very thick printout that details medications to be given, when they're to be given, the timeline, what the expectations are, every single side effect of every single medicine, including the rescue medicines that would be given, everything. And you have to sign multiple copies with multiple witnesses. You have to the you have to repeat things back to the doctor so the doctor knows that you're understanding what they're saying to you. And in that moment, when your child was just diagnosed with cancer, not even a couple days earlier, that's a very hard thing to do. Um, it's very hard. It's very frustrating because even right now, I know. I don't even remember what was said in that room that day. The only thing I remember is a nurse practitioner who, or she's a nurse, but she was trying to be a nurse practitioner who was there with the doctor as one of the witnesses, as one of the patient advocates, looking at me and telling me that she was treated at St. Jude as a child. She had bone cancer and she survived because of them and that we would get through this in that moment having somebody who had been through it themselves look at me and say this is going to be okay look at where i'm at now i needed that feeling and i know a lot of people do and i know a lot of you don't get that It's a very hard thing to process, especially when you are alone. It was the middle of a pandemic. My husband could have come with us. He would have been allowed there for five days. But he had to stay here because he had just started a job three days before my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. Our family financially needed him to stay here. Our other two girls emotionally needed him to stay here, even though they had absolutely no idea what was going on at the time. So I was alone. And I know some of you have gone through that. I know some of you are going through that now, even with things lightening up. Being alone and being the sole caregiver for your child It's hard. It's tough. And I hate it when people say this to me, but it is undoubtedly the truth that you are a very strong person. 
And I know you're being strong because that is what you have to do right now. You don't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. But you are a strong person. And if you feel like you're going to have a breakdown, go in the bathroom. Go in the shower and have it. Don't hold it in. You need those few moments for yourself. Even if they're few. And give your kid so much more credit than we normally do. I know we always want to tell them, like, we don't want to show them emotion because we don't want them to stop fighting. But our children are so empathetic and so sensitive to our emotions that we also need to let them know that it is okay to be afraid. It is okay to break down as long as you don't sit there. And that is definitely something that we're going to talk about in another episode. You can, you can take your minute or five minutes or ten minutes, however long you need to break down, as long as you don't sit there. Don't stay there. It took me a long time to realize that. And I know to some people it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but to me this feels like it's been a lifetime. And I know that that's what that feels like right now for you. I know that you don't feel like you can see the end. And even now we have like a year left and we're in what they consider maintenance. I still don't feel like I can see the end. Um, but we'll get there. One of these days we'll get there. And I know I sound like I'm bouncing around a lot and I apologize. <laughs> That's kind of how my brain works. And if I feel something very strongly as I'm talking about something else, I will jump to that other topic, um, which is something that I'm working on. And I will work through as we move along in these podcasts. Um, But um, back to my story, within four days of being diagnosed, uh, Everly was given her port, uh, had her port placement surgery. She has a, what is called a sub-Q port, um, which is underneath of her skin, and had her first dose of chemo. And that's, that's when it all kind of became real for me that we were doing this, that this is really happening, this isn't a joke that somebody was playing on me. I, I kept thinking, this can't be real, they have to be wrong. But three blood tests at three different hospitals, all showing the same exact thing, could not be wrong. Um, then that is how I became a cancer mom. I am a cancer mom of a beautiful, spunky little four-year-old girl who has a B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And we are in the middle of maintenance, and she is a fighter, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to help you get through yours. 
Um, even if I don't see you personally, even if I don't speak to you outside of you listening, you're not alone and I am here for you. I don't know if you are a religious person or not, but I am and I will pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for your family. I pray for healing over your child. I pray for healing over whatever you need healing for for yourself. Because you are just as important as your child. Your child needs you to help them get through this. But I want you guys to know that I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me, uh, to listen to this. I feel like I may have rambled a little bit and I apologize, but I, I very much appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Um, if you would like, I am on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I am Laura Stoner 2015 on Instagram. Um, and you can find me on Facebook at Laura May Stoner. Uh, if the podcast grows, we are going to make our own Facebook group specifically for the podcast where other moms can interact with each other and they can interact with me. Um, but I would greatly appreciate a follow. I can connect with you personally there. Um, you can help share some of the childhood cancer statistics that I share. Um, or if there's something that you want to see or hear on the podcast, or if there is a type of cancer that's rare that I may have never heard of, please let me know um, because I am going to be bringing awareness to the different types of cancer um, on the podcast as well, especially in September. If you're not aware, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And we do that big around here. <laughs> we may be from a small town, but I, I bring in awareness has definitely become my thing. Again, thank you so, so much for listening. And remember that you're never alone.